to the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Holy smokes, Batman. It's Gaggle of Geeks on 2SER. It's honking time. It's Gaggle of Geeks time. I'm Sophie Lai. I'm Talia Olatea. And this is your weekly geekly podcast where we chat all things geek and pop culture. All the things. So many things. All the things. Yeah, you're right, all the things. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been a bit of a quiet week. It has. You sometimes it's one of those funny things, isn't it? Where you just mm. like, I want more drama, guys. Start some drama. Give me some stuff. Find some old tweets. <laughs> fire some directors. <laughs> sort your lives out. Surely please. something will be coming up. Surely. Yeah, and it might just mean that they're getting ready for next week, where just drama after drama after yeah. drama. I honestly think it's probably like a San Diego like hangover. Ah, uh, yes. People are just like, I can't. Right I can't now. do it. I just, been, I just need to recover. I've been on a Comic Con bl- a bender. I just need to. Like probably all the studios are just like. Oh, oh, crap, we have a movie to make. <laughs> and it's the calm mm. and then a yeah. storm time. Yeah. Here's hoping. Yeah. Well. Well. <laughs> but, um, though, uh, so they are rebooting the Terminator series again. Yay. This Is one, it a yay? Well, this one's going to be a semi-reboot. Oh. So not the full reboot. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I'm just this so is sick. What, I'm sorry, but I'm so sick of like reboots, reimagined, revivals. Because they re so the first Terminator series that went up to like T one, T two, yeah, T three. Everyone's like not in canon anymore. Yeah. That's gone. That was shit. That's gone. And then they had the series, which kind of really did align with the first two films. But then yeah. it went on a whole new timeline, and then we we're like, okay. That's not, no. that's not part of it anymore. And then they had uh, Terminator, not Genesis, the one before that with Christian Bale when he went ape. Oh, see, well, this is what's so funny. It sounds like you keep they keep giving Terminator, like, I'll give it a chance, and then it's ex- it hits its expiry mm. date, and then it's like, nah, I'm over it. Yeah, so they had that one. And then and I was like, mm, that wasn't great. We'll yeah. get rid of that one too. We'll reboot it again. <laughs> Which was then Terminator Genesis. <laughs> With Jay Courtney and um, uh, Amelia Clark, <laughs> and now they're semi rebooting again. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just had visions of like Terminator on its deathbed, and then someone there with the paddles just going, "And we brought it back to life." <laughs> it's just like, is there a part where you go, "Should we just let it die?" Or are there? Is Terminator still got some pretty huge fans that they were just yeah. like, "We will encourage it." However, it becomes reincarnated back to us, we're gonna love it. So this one is a semi-reboot in that anything after T2, they're ignoring. (laughs) So they're going straight back to the source material. It's being produced by James Cameron, who made the first two films. Okay. That would suggest it's in good hands then. Yeah. um, So it's being, uh, so I think it's, is it being directed by him? No, maybe not. Um, No, Tim Miller. Tim Miller, yes, Mm. who did Deadpool. Oh, well. Yeah. But you've got Arnie coming back. What is Terminator without Arnold Schwarzenegger? Well, T3 sucked. Terminator Genesis. I liked it, (laughs) but I know a lot of people hated that one. And that all had Arnie in it. Um, How old is Arnold Schwarzenegger now? Oh, 70? 
Oh my goodness. I think he did just he did have heart surgery and when he got up, like when he recovered, first words was I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> he knows his brand. He oh, knows he his really brand. He really does. Um, um, yeah, so who's in this reboot? So in this reboot, we've got Arnie returning. We've got Gabrielle Luna as well as Diego Bonetta. They were announced. But um, the big thing is Paramount, they released a new photo this week, which yes. has Natalia Reyes, Mackenzie Davis, and Linda Hamilton. <gasps> yeah, Back again. She's back again as Sarah Connor. Looks like a badass. And they look ripped in this image. I Actually, it's one of those things. When I first saw the image, mm. I was really stilted at how very obviously photoshopped it is. But I think it's not photoshopped in the sense. It's just like there's just something about the focus that the background doesn't seem to work in what it is. And so I think just looking at it is quite jarring. Mm. But when you, when I get over that, it's like three very powerful women mm. that you would want in your corner every single day of the week. Yeah. Like they look strong. They yeah. look like they are just going to take on the world. And yeah. Like Linda Hamilton, I don't think she'll reach the heights that she did in T2. Like... <laughs> Of that level of like being jacked, but yeah. you know she's covered in armor and has yeah. a shotgun and yeah. looks like she's ready to kick some ass. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a grenade. Yeah, that is in <laughs> her vest. Um, Mackenzie Davis. So she, she's um, she's a very tall woman, but she's mm. also ripped to shreds. I know that is like toned muscle mm. on muscle, right? Right in that picture, like her shoulders. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. But apparently some guys on the internet who always have an opinion. Oh, uh, what? what? Guys Sorry. with an opinion? They have an opinion. Not like, all guys. Not, not all, all opinions. Not, not all guys. <laughs> Never. Apparently they're saying, oh, no, they're like, A, they're annoyed like another too many females. Oh, my God. And then B, they're like too jacked. <laughs> You're like, uh, excuse me, did you even watch T2? Are you even fans? What is this? <laughs> It's so ridiculous, isn't it? Because, mm. like, when has Chris Hemsworth ever been, like, um, he's too muscular? Or he's any definitely man... on the roids. Like, yeah. no, no one's ever said that. Yeah, like, when has any man playing a superhero gone, he's too jacked to then be a super, like, to no, play they're like, this... how did you do it? Yeah. What like, was your tell journey? me your secrets. Yeah. Yeah. When a lady does it. Oh, no, no it's, it's not, not right. The, it's not the feminine idea. Yeah. Like, no, that's not how it works. You yeah. have to be like, I want, like, you know, Megan Fox in... <laughs> <laughs> where, you know, she's just wearing booty shorts and a tank top. That's what I want. Like Transformers, how she just kind of runs around in a singlet pretty much the whole time. Yeah. It's like, do you not own a jumper? Does it not get cold? What mm, is going on? Mm, mm, well, Apparently, yes. but you know, Shia LaBeouf, fully clothed. Yeah. yeah. I know, and it was the it's same. It's like then. Michael Bay, do better. Yeah, and then when Isabel Lucas came in for like this, she like was just like again, just running around like the manic pixie girl that she often portrays. Bruising Huntington Whiteley, um, itty bitty dress and high heels and running around. I'm like, no, it's not practical. It would not work this way. Be better. Be better. So, yeah. That? Well, that's something to be excited for. Mm. Okay. I'm no. sold. <laughs> so sold. Well, so we're, sold. It's, we're, it's, we're still a way off. Uh, I mean, it's not till November 22nd. Not this year, the year after. <laughs> 2019. <laughs> That's not fair. Wow. So I'm guessing, so they're already building the hype. 
Yeah. With this second, like, this is just a picture. So this is the first, yeah. Oh, why did I think it was the second one? Um, Maybe I just made one up in my official head. Official first look at the new Terminator. Oh, okay, cool. So the first one, yeah. I just made up another one in my head, obviously. Yeah. Wow. So, because they, they announced, like, the guys that were being back, like Arnie, Diego Bonetta, and yep. Gabriel Luna few months ago so maybe i just saw that in my head and yeah. went yes this is what it will look like it's like dudes <laughs> <laughs> women <laughs> the next one will be children <laughs> animals <laughs> oh, no. oh wow that's wild yeah there we go terminator okay so, just put this on pause for like more than a year i know oh that's that's a year and a half away so long yeah what do you do with that time i <laughs> learn how to knit Probably could. Can you learn a skill? Would you knit for a robot? (laughs) A robot that knits. And robot that crochets. (laughs) Dear James Cameron, we have a really good idea for the next one. Saves the world one stitch at a time. Just... Oh, it's like the fabric, the society's fabric. It's like knitting it, sewing it back together. It's the metaphor. (laughs) You love metaphors. It's a literal <laughs> metaphor. It's like a peace blanket. Like remember when you a did Avatar quilt. No. Remember when you did um Avatar and you made your mineral called unobtainium? <laughs> so uh, that's a bit on the nose, isn't it? No. <laughs> Never. It's a completely made up word and it hasn't doesn't mean anything. <laughs> It's not symbolic at all. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there we go. Spoiler for like, oh, well, if we have to wait till 2019 for this Terminator, imagine how long we'd have to wait for Knitting Terminator. I'm actually excited for Knitting Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually in my head trying to figure out like what they could call it. And I was like, just going, the Terminator. <laughs> have we lost the plot, darling? I think we have. <laughs> Okay, we need to recover. Um, luckily, we had good friend Blake who's on paternity leave. He, Great friend Blake. Great friend Blake. Father of a little geek called Keaton and Hazel. Um, he's actually... Oh, God, I really have lost it. Um, he's one of his favourite franchises. The latest film in the Mission Impossible series came out this week. It's Fallout. Here's his review. Mission Impossible Fallout is a ferocious, heart-pounding cardio workout in your cinema seat. In moment after unrelenting moment, Tom Cruise dances with death. I found myself cringing and squirming in my place. Strap yourself in for the most undisputed contender as not only the best mission movie, but without a doubt, the best action movie of the year. Your mission. Should you choose to accept it? I wonder, did you ever choose not to? The end you always feared is coming. And the blood will be on your hands. The fallout of all your good intentions. 
When Ethan Hunt chooses the life of a member of his team, he unwittingly hands the Apostles, the remnants of Solomon Lane's syndicate, enough plutonium to create three devastating nuclear weapons. With the CIA's August Walker, played by Superman's Henry Cavill, tagging along to keep the IMF in check, their mission, if they choose to accept it, is to prevent global atomic catastrophe. Writer-director Christopher McQuarrie takes on a more difficult job than his predecessors. Rather than an amnesiac new take on the franchise, he pushes Ethan beyond his limit in more ways than one and acknowledges everything in the series thus far. McHugh, or Macquarie, relishes the spy genre and the art of drip-feeding information to the audience. We feel like we've been given the upper hand only to find out we've been toyed with again. The action is fed by emotion and elevated by this feeling of natural improvisation. The chase sequence through Paris, which goes for about 30 blistering minutes, involves multiple vehicle changes, scores of swarming police and freelance spies interjecting. It is gloriously unrelenting. Cinematographer Rob Hardy, the guy behind movies like Ex Machina and Annihilation, has the formidable task of not only composing the atmospheric, underground, spy genre mood, but steadily appraising each hair-raising stunt with blinding clarity. We see into Cruz's oxygen mask during a halo jump. We see Cruz's foot skidding along the pavement in long turns through traffic. We see the infamous ankle-breaking leap between buildings. We see everything. Editor Eddie Hamilton and music composer Lorne Balfe complement one another, maintaining the film's cardiac arrest pace. Cruz's commitment to the physical is gobsmacking for a 56-year-old. He's also carrying the woe of each raised gamble for the greater good, often allowing his fellow actors space to shine. Rebecca Ferguson returns as the unforgettable Ilsa Faust. Just when we thought she was out, she's lured back in, and her presence delivers the same brand of distraction for Ethan. Ving Rhames, or Big Luther, stretches out his cynicism to provide some of the most emotionally piercing moments of the movie. Simon Pegg's Benji's promotion to nervous field agent makes him all the more lovable, playing a sort of C-3PO to Cruiser's Han Solo. New addition, Cavill, the battering ram CIA agent Walker, loves towing the line between friend and foe. Angela Bassett, the CIA's Erica Sloan, fills that Dame Judy Gent as M-sized hole in your heart. When Mission Impossible Fallout ends, it may as well be shouting, Are you not entertained? When you catch your breath and regain the power of speech, you'll answer, Yes! Again! That's four and a half out of five stars. Four and a half stars. My question is, how does Blake have time to go and watch Mission Impossible with a newborn and another child too. He actually tweeted out that um, big, big thank you to my amazing wife who literally gave birth to my son like five weeks ago for letting me step out of the house to see Mission Impossible fall out. <laughs> and then a review where you didn't have a crying baby in the background I know. either. You know what? I bet he went in the car again. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Blake? He's in the car. He's in the car. He's always in the car. The other thing, did he say Tom Cruise was 56? He is 56. How is he is aging well? Hollywood, man. Paul Rudwell. Oh, no, mm. not Paul Rudwell. No one can age as well no, as Paul no, Rudd. No, no, but like when you look at old Tom Cruise, you can tell who is young Tom Cruise. Yeah. Whereas I think with But he's Paul getting Rudd, more no chiseled difference. as he gets older, like that jawline. Mm, it's just really becoming itself. It's, real, it's coming itself. He's just like, you know, he's lost a little baby fat when he was younger. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, Tom Cruise. We're 56. Tom heart. I know, but <laughs> get this, Dali. Um, he's a bit of an interesting fellow because... Uh, For many reasons. <laughs> apparently he's really sheltered. Really? Yeah. So apparently... Um, so Judd Apatow, he went on Jimmy Kimmel this week and he was like mm-hmm. retelling a story about an interaction between him, Seth Rogen and Tom Cruise. And of course, as you would imagine with most conversations with Seth Rogen. <laughs> Pot. Pot and porn. Pot and porn. Pot and porn. That'd be a really good name for a band as a segue. Oh my God. Pot and porn. Pot and porn. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes. Copyright us. <laughs> Unless there's already a band called Bot and Pod and we apologise. Sorry. <laughs> Go check out the music. Really love it. Pot and Pod. Apparently, he didn't know you could see sexy things on the internet. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Wait. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. Yep. Hollywood star Tom Cruise mm-hmm. did not know that there was porn on the internet. Yeah. This is what Judd had to say. And Tom Cruise goes, what? Wait, you're saying there's adult films on the internet? Tom, what? (laughs) What are they teaching them in Scientology that is obviously not that? I just don't think he uses the internet. Well, this is the thing. is like even when you can Google something completely not porn related Mm. is... Sometimes you get porn hits. Once I was once I was researching a story for work on the Tasmanian devil and the mating, like how Tasmanian devils mate. You had mate in it. Well, no, I just wrote devil sex, <laughs> <laughs> which in hindsight got the result exactly that you think it is. But mm. I just went, oh, devil sex, look it up. And then I was like, oh, my God, no. Oh, my God, I'm on the work computer. Oh, my God, this is not going to end out well. But... That was an accidental search and I would have discovered it. Yeah. But it's like how, like, you know, when politicians get done for watching porn on their Twitter accounts and you're just like, guys, it's not Google. (laughs) You can't just look at it. People will know. And then you like it. Not, I was hacked. (laughs) That probably means that, yeah, Tom Cruise doesn't go on the internet. He doesn't go. Slash know about the internet. Slash read about the internet. Because, like, even when you're young... And you have no intention of going to seek out porn, and yeah. but you just want to watch some shows, yeah. And you might have sought them slightly illegally because back then you were poor, <laughs> <laughs> and Australia did not have Netflix then. This is definitely not you, is it, Sophie? No, definitely not me. Someone else. Someone else. But like all those like streaming and like yes. illegal websites, they were all sponsored with porn ads. Yes, they used to have the ones across the banners. And my mum would like walk past, going, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm downloading your favorite show." Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> She's what like, I'm doing. "Why is that?" <gasps> yeah, this is what's so weird. Oh, Tom Cruise. I have so many questions about that. I know. Other, oh, maybe he was just acting, and so when, or maybe, maybe Seth was so high. That that's what they thought, and Tom was acting. Well, I don't think Judd smokes as much as old mate Seth. But and how? not to mention old mate Seth, he's pretty. A, he's a functioning stoner. He really is. Like, yeah, he can still hold a conversation while being super high. I reckon. But still, I just Tom Cruise. Sheltered little baby at 56. <laughs> Sheltered little baby who obviously has no conversations with anyone about the internet. 
Like, he probably wouldn't know what a GIF or a meme is. <laughs> what else do you reckon Tom Cruise doesn't know exists? I don't know. Like, if he doesn't know really obvious things exist. I don't know. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. He's probably too busy, like, flying his jet plane somewhere. Yeah. Doing interesting things <laughs> that's not on the internet. Then <laughs> Tom help. Mm. A book about the internet. What's available on the internet? <laughs> He's going to lose his mind. <laughs> Oh, oh, Tom Cruise. What an interesting Tom time Cruise. we live in. Such interesting times. <laughs> yes. Interesting times indeed. Ah, mm. oh, madness, I tell you. Absolute madness. Madness. Now, speaking of madness. Speaking of the madness, there was an interesting article. Mm. When you watch TV shows, yeah, and especially when you are binging a TV show, mm-hmm. so you are literally watching episode after episode after Square episode. Square eyes right after. Yeah. And it's the credits. Mm. Like, well, not the opening, the opening credits. And it's often the same kind of scene that is happening. Yeah. You've got the option to skip the intro. Yeah. Do you skip, Sophie? I'll watch the first couple of episodes. I'll watch it. Mm. And then by the third ep, I'm like, yeah, skip. Yeah, really? Yeah. Like, I was doing it with Altered Carbon because they do really have beautiful opening yeah. sequences. But then it was just like. Nah, because when you watch it in succession, yeah, it becomes very repetitive. Because while there might be like you know the slightest change, yeah, but that's what you're looking out for—the slight change. Maybe mm. it's a little clue to what might happen. I do watch it in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that builds the drama. Well, because the map changes every time depending on what's featured in the episode. Yes. So, like, you know, when season two came around, like, Marine suddenly appeared. Like, and you're like, what's going on? What's this? going on? And then, like, Dawn the, appeared. And you're yeah. like, oh, what's happening the here? Drama. Yeah. As you go beyond the wall. Yeah. Ah. So that all appears in those credits. Yeah. Well, a lot of others, I think it is just the same. Uh, yes and no. I guess it depends. The reason why, like, I bring this up is in the New York Times, there's this really interesting article that mm. is in defense of why you shouldn't skip the like the opening mm. scenes and the argument they use is for the good fight and mm-hmm. they are just showing how that drama is built with these items so it's like you have things like a vase and a bottle of wine and those I don't even know what those things are called, but they've got the little balls and they, like, one, you lick it up and then it hits the balls like a little pendulum of thing. Yeah. Pendulum. Well, I think it's got a fancier name than little pendulum, but that's essentially. (laughs) It's the ball pendulum. Um, And then there's a lamp too, and it shows, like, that very lawyer-esque type of Mm. items that you would expect on a lawyer's desk. Mm. And then very dramatically, those items just get blown to pieces. Mm. And this article just says the drama of that shows the drama of the show to show it is obviously a law drama. But if you do watch it, then Mm. it just kind of transports you kind of into that mind frame before the episode starts, which I do understand and I go that actually makes a lot of sense it's like the Dexter opening credit I use I always used I to used watch, to watch that and then after because I binge like season yeah. one and two within a weekend I just oh. had to start skipping it's too, it's too like, much like, I'm currently binging Orange is the New Black season mm. six that came out yeah and like literally as, as soon as it finishes or like 
for a good part of them the episode. It's like the animal, the animal, and it's just like going on in a chain. So I probably missed the first five minutes of actual dialogue. <laughs> it's just <laughs> going around in my head of this is what's going on, this is what's uh, happening. Because like I used to like when you, you watch like anime, yes, it be it's always that same theme song, yes. And then that yeah, gets really repetitive because it's like, they're also like shorter apps, so like 20, 30 minute yeah. apps. And then it's just like, oh, theme song again. Yeah. And then you're like singing bad Japanese. <laughs> and he's like, no. Started again. I remember like when I was a kid watching the Rugrats with my brothers mm-hmm. and like the time like you'd have it on ABC before the Rugrats started and you like might be off doing something else, but yeah. everyone wanted to watch the Rugbat Rugrats. But as soon as you heard that, dun, 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 everyone would just come running to the back. lounge room. So like, I think in that sense, the opening scenes were the time to run into the lounge room and start watching. Speaking of Rugrats, I think they're bringing that back. Yes. I saw a revised looking Chucky, mm. which then looked more about the Chucky, like Bride of Chucky, than it did like <laughs> Chucky Finster, <laughs> the adorable freckled redhead kid. Oh, it was like this weird looking, oh, it's not claymation, but it had that very over-animated look to him. Yeah, because it's going 3D, right? Which I don't... I still struggle to watch bananas in pajamas. No, it's and it's in three too... D, and I'm like, "Who are you? Yeah, no. Where is the people in banana suits? <laughs> this is not right. This is not right. Revolt. Yeah. Well, I think it. By after reading this article in the New York Times, I think it will just make me maybe not skip as much. Mm. Like I, I, I feel like I do watch it. It's dependent on mm. the show. Oh, but I, I sometimes like getting into that thing. I have these things when I watch things that are very adamant that I must do. Mm. Um, and one is subtitles. I cannot watch a TV show or a movie without subtitles. <laughs> it drives me crazy. <laughs> so that's one of the things. I and started to watch more with subtitles. Really? Oh. Because cause the all like, Way my partner's bed's so far back from his actual desktop screen. Ah, uh, yeah. And I'm like, and we don't want to put it too loud, and we can't have two sets of headphones. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> so we have to like put the subtitles on for that, just so yeah. just so we don't wake up his roommates. But like at home, no. Nah. Ah, oh, see. I think I've just conditioned myself. But to then think... my mate who uses my Netflix account always puts it on and I'm always <laughs> back off when I'm at home. Well, I think that that's what I must do to the TV downstairs with my roommates because I'm always turning it on. And then I get there and I'm like, why are they turned off? Turn it back on. <laughs> but, but it was actually, Yeah, but it was interesting because my mate who always turns it on, she was like saying, yeah, I just can't hear without seeing the words. Because <laughs> a lot of the time they'll be doing other things yeah. like them. Seeing well, it visually is them hearing it. Yeah, I think that there's now that I'm so used to watching it and watching the words like as a just taking it in but not actively reading mm. it. And so it's helpful because sometimes they mumble or don't enunciate that you mm. can just quickly glance down and be like, oh, that's what it is, and then glance back up. But I hate it when they do like the sound effects like size and you're like ah but then also i think it has been netflix too they've gotten Mm. into trouble with the deaf community recently Mm. because their subtitles are actually not that reflective of what the text of what the words are that they're saying and it is actually really true um 
a, the benefit of still being able to hear mm. is that you go there for clarification, but then you come back down. Right. But the, sometime, the subtitles do very much so, like, you can go on a tangent and be like, the beautiful lovely, delightful, rah, 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 like, you know, just adject after adjective and like yeah. really descriptive cat. And then obviously the person who's, well, it's not even live text, so they really have no excuse. Mm. They just go, oh, we don't need to do like all five words or we can summarize that into an easier phrase. And then they just break it down into a shorter thing. So it's oh. not actually reflective of what the script is. Interesting. Then the other thing. it's like, why? You have a script. Exactly. Copy, paste. Yeah. And it's not, <laughs> and I imagine, like, obviously when they're doing live to text for live TV and live captioning, mm. they would try and summarize it so you can kind of keep up with what's going on. Mm. But subtitles, not as much. And so obviously the deaf community, very upset by that. And the other thing too, is like the sound effects or when they speak another language. So they won't just go starts like speaking Italian and then still try and go Italian and then do it in Ning. They just go speaks another language. So even as you like, you would listen to it and you'd go, oh, that's French or that's Japanese or that's whatever. As you look at the subtitles, you would have no idea and that could actually be important to the conversation that is then right. happening on air kind of thing. So That's so interesting. I never thought from that perspective. Well, mm. that's because you don't put on subtitles all the time. <laughs> no. no, I don't. Um, but the other interesting thing that we saw around was a list of 100 TV shows mm. and not even TV shows, not the very best TV specific show. episodes. So- so this is from The Ringer. Yes. And they've made a very detailed, comprehensive list of a hundred of the best episodes across all television. Now, I'm not talking just dramas, you know, comedies, your usual pop culture fare. Yeah. This goes deep into the pop culture realm because it includes so much reality TV. Like, disturbingly so. So we've got, like, Vanderpump Rules. We've got Survivor. America's Next Top Model. Next Top Model. That was an iconic episode. It really was. Real Housewives. Real Housewives. Jersey Shore. Yeah, Jersey Shore, the pilot episode of that. Um, And what's American Idol. (laughs) And what's concerning, not concerning, Mm. or maybe the best part of the list, is The Bachelor. They had an episode of The Bachelor. Is that you would go, oh, okay, if you're compiling the 100 best episodes Mm. of TV, maybe if you then include reality TV, that would be like, you know, higher up in the list. Well, higher meaning like closer to the hundreds than Mm. it is to the ones. But no, it's quite evenly dispersed as you roll through and see what is going on. Um, Should we go through who they think the top their decision of the top five top five or maybe yeah. top 10 top 10 top 10 gives you more of a an idea, idea of i mean the top 10 is pretty it's pretty solid in fact they're mainly dramas and whatnot yeah um which i think you would expect you would expect but you know you go a bit further up and it's just like <laughs> wait where's the first reality tv show jersey Shore. jersey Shore was listed at number 14 <laughs> the pilot episode a new family 14 on a list of a hundred. I mean, wow. It Atlanta. beat Atlanta. It beat Sherlock. It beat Sherlock. It beat The Office. The Oprah Winfrey show. Oh, Tom Cruise oh, episode. Cruise. We've gone full circle. We're back it's, to Tom Cruise. Back Tom Cruise. That was number He 17. won't even know about this because he can't even see it on the internet. He doesn't go on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so he won't know. I mean, yeah. 
Black it's, Mirror be right back. Like, yeah, Vanderpump Rules got in the top 25. That's not right. No. Wait, I'm, I'm kind of upset the Black Mirror, the Black Museum episode is not higher. Yeah. Because that is my favourite I mean, episode ever Buffy of TV. Buffy wants more feeling. 25. Is number 25. Let's just let's just recap mm. that Jersey Shore pilot episode. Is number 14. Beat that. Yeah. Beat it. Beat it. Crazy. Okay, the top right, ten. Top ten. This is what the ringer listed. Their top ten episodes, not shows. Episodes. Just episodes. Very specific episodes. So they've got Breaking Bad. Uh, Aussie Man Dias. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's because there's a character died. Yeah, they really like character deaths in this yeah. one. Um, that's where the drama happens. Mm, so, I think it's when Walt's family really realise who he is as a person. Oh, so it's quite an iconic Mm. kind of, this is a huge scene. Mm. Oh. Yeah. And they start to be, they start to be fearful of him. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Mm. Number nine. Okay. I'm not mad at this. I'm not mad at this at all. It's the pilot of the OC. Oh, that was so perfect. (laughs) And the iconic line, welcome Welcome to to the the OC, bitch. (laughs) You can already hear the. Okay, that opening. Great opening sequence. Great opening song. So funny when I went to, when I went to California and my aunt drove me around like Orange County. She's like, "Yeah, we're gonna go to like Newport." Yeah, and I was like. And then you see like the escape, and I was like, that was in the opening credits. And then I was like, I'm on the wharf. I'm where Marissa and Ryan hung out. Oh, um, she was like, you freaking weirdo. I can extra weirdo that. I went to Tijuana and I was like, is this the alley that Marissa <laughs> overdosed in? I love that. I was just like, oh that no. Is so you should not think of that of a place. I'm sorry, oh. Mexico. Oh. Yes, but very deserving number nine. Yeah. So number eight was The Sopranos with the episode from season three, Pine Barrens. Mm. I never really got into The Sopranos. Yeah, me neither. I hear it's fantastic. I feel like I'd enjoy it now, but it's like, what, t- seven seasons? Yeah. I'm like, that's, like, that's a lot of commitment. And I also feel I like when young The Sopranos when it came, came out. out. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, that's okay. one to put on our list. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take your word for it. Um, so, okay, this is where it gets weird. Top 10. Number seven is an episode of Survivor from the first season. So I'm guessing <gasps> this is the US version. Yes. So if it's the first season, this means it's Richard Hatch. Remember he was the naked guy? And yes. His strategy the whole season. He ended up winning, which I was like, yeah. smart genius, but was literally like get naked. And then I think he kind of made people uncomfortable, but he was actually provided and he could fish and do all those things. Mm. So he was kind of valuable while also knowing how to play the game. Well, that was the season finale. Yes. Of Survivor, of the very first season. Amazing. And now there's like, what, 12 million seasons of Survivor? Like 20. And then not including all the adaptations around the world. Oh, yes. I think it would have been interesting to be on the first Survivor because Mm. now you kind of, the people who go and do Survivor are Mm. people who have watched it and are super fans. So I feel like they know how to play the game a bit better. They are so clued in on the game. Yeah, and I feel that they've been training. Mm. Whereas I feel the first season, like old mate Richard Hatch, like (laughs) just got there 
little bit of an adventure, took his clothes off Drop one. Trial. Like, yeah. <laughs> Drop trial and off he went. Yeah. He and wasn't like a big ripped guy. Either. No. He was just like your average Joe. Yeah. Well, I feel like the whole season was a whole lot of average Joes. But now mm. Survivor is like, oh, yeah, I love this show and I've been watching it. And that's why they have like – episode not episodes but whole seasons that are fans versus favorites Mm. so it's just fans of the show versus people who have actually done it and it's more like before it was like actual challenges of surviving out now it's like we're just gonna pit you in this random obstacle course that we've just made up yeah and it's like they already know how everything Mm. happens and every time i think of survivor i think of elizabeth hasselbeck who then went on to have like quite a prominent tv show she was one of the um, panelists on the view mm. but then also a very staunch republican so Ooh. there are many times that she just got into like words of wars with like a whole host of people which was actually kind of hilarious and then whenever you watch to get into these like insanely political debates where mm. she was telling what the thing is it's just this moment where you just go you're on survivor <laughs> the reason why you're here is because you literally like starved yourself on a like an island somewhere wow Wow. Well, that was a fun trip down Survivor. That really <laughs> was. Um, back to the list. Back to the list. So number six they've got is Middle Ground, uh, which is the a wire. of The Wire. One of my favourite lines in the world come from The Wire. Really? <laughs> and it's actually really terrible because I've never watched The Wire. So you would think like my <laughs> iconic favourite line, I've, I don't know, would watch the show, but yeah. I haven't. Um, and the line is, if you come for the king, you best not miss. <laughs> and I just absolutely love it. And I like to pretend that it works with me. Like, mm. if you come for me, like, don't don't miss. Like, don't screw it up. Because true. I'll, like, come back at you. It is true. It is true. Oh, the wire. So number five, we're getting to comedy <laughs> realm with Chappelle's show. <laughs> and it's called episode 2.4. Because it's literally season two, episode four. It's wild, isn't it? Number five. How do I even know what that is? <laughs> this is so funny because the Chappelle show, that was like a half an hour show, wasn't it, on Comedy mm. Central? Yeah. I think. But yeah. Because I mean. Again, you're pitting it against these insanely dramatic yeah. shows, edited, put together, taking a and, long time. And but, Chappelle show was just a, like skits. And because run it was. With some comedy. And when you, like, when I started watching Chappelle show, it was always like segments. Yeah. On like YouTube or whatever. Yeah. And so it was like, I don't know what episode this came from. Exactly. All I remember is Charlie Maffei being <laughs> Prince <laughs> and Chappelle being Prince. And that's all I remember. As opposed to being like, oh, yes, this is an episode, episode. with some kind of story arc. Mm. Mm. Well, there we go. Yeah. So number four, we're now heading. God, HBO actually have a lot in this. So it's mm. True Detective um, with from season one with Who Goes There. I love it. Season one, episode four. Mm. So the three that came before it, not that great. Not and everything enough. else after it, mm, not, not that great enough. either. Um, so number three is a Game of Thrones with the Reigns of Castamere. So that's from season three, episode nine. Better known as. The Red Wedding yeah. episode. Yeah. That was. Iconic. An insane. Horrific. Ridiculous. And dramatic. Insano. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy with that. I am also happy with that. Because I think if you... Even... That was quite an ep, but then at the same time, I'm like, Dragon Death. Oh, Dragon... Yeah, Dragon Death got me in the feels. Mm. 
I think that they like when you think of Game and Th- Game of Thrones, mm. that you say name two episodes. You name you two episodes. You would be like, oh, the episodes. I can't, all of them. <laughs> They're like but my babies. The ones that you would have had the most like guttural feel and just uh, oh, like that happened mm. would have been the Red Wedding and when the dragon died. No, actually, for me, it was um, when the Battle of the Bastards. <gasps> Oh, like contender. I mean, like when Jon Snow is literally being buried by bodies. I got so claustrophobic. I actually felt like I couldn't breathe with him. It was just so traumatizing watching that. (laughs) I'm actually surprised that there are not more Game of Thrones Mm. episodes in this list. I feel like they just got one from each show. Oh, that's controversial. Mm. Because I don't think I saw any double ups, but like I mean, the Marines of Castamere are definitely there, but yeah, mm, Battle of the Bastards was pretty damn freaking good. <laughs> Beat that. Fix your list. Fix your list. Fix your list. So number two um, is from Mad Men with the suitcase. Oh, and um, that's from season four, episode uh, seven. Episode seven. <laughs> Very specific. Just in case you want to go back, yeah. watch it. So right, it's yourself. when um, Don and Peggy start fighting a bit. Oh, does someone die? Apparently. Who died? I can't even remember. <laughs> I just, like, I think that to make an iconic episode, someone has to die. Yeah. Throwing it out there. Mm. Oh, well. Maybe some dreams died. <laughs> Probably. So number one, which I can't believe is this, they put Lost the Constant. No. Which is from season four, episode no. five, which makes me wonder, were people still watching then? No. <laughs> Because we were so lost with the bloody plot line. <laughs> lost drives me crazy. Mm. I don't take it seriously as a show. No. I don't look at it seriously. I don't, yeah. I feel, Like the first couple of seasons were good. Yeah. But unfortunately, I followed that whole 22 episode. Yeah. I think uh, that back they then, just, and it was yeah. like, it was too many episodes. You could have just cut th- that down. This is what I think happened with Lost, throwing it out there, mm. is that maybe they never planned for it to be more than a season. Mm. And then it was really popular. So then they had to go more seasons and then they didn't. didn't Well, and so this is what then happened is I don't think that they knew where it was going and then what the, how to get there anymore. So then they would just throw off tangents that Mm. then didn't actually equate to anything. But it's a very JJ Abrams thing to do. Like remember Alias? Oh, but Oh. And then suddenly it's just like, there is a prophecy. And you're like, when did this from a spy thriller become like magic? <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Suddenly there is prophecy. <laughs> I thought this was just a really great spy thriller. <laughs> no, every spy thriller has a prophecy <laughs> underneath it. Just wait for an Mission Impossible. <laughs> and here is your prophecy, Tom Cruise. There is porn on the internet. <laughs> The end. On fire today, Tarly. We're just, we've lost it. Oh, we really have lost it this episode. Oh Oh, my God. Um, I was about to say the other thing of speaking of lost it, and we'll only say it quickly because (laughs) I feel like it's the craziest thing ever. Sometimes, this is why I feel sorry for Tom Cruise because he doesn't know about the internet. It is a beautiful and weird place. It is a beautiful and weird place. Sometimes more weirder than beautiful. But <laughs> someone on Twitter, under the um, handle Jiggly Singing, 
has taken a scene from Pokemon of Jigglypuff Mm. where Jigglypuff does sing and it's supposed to be like the beauty of the world, like listen to its beautiful song like this is That puts you to sleep. Yeah. Because it's Jigglypuff's power. (laughs) Powerful, iconic. But what they've done is they've kind of just dubbed over (laughs) like pop songs. So they've kept the integrity of the scene, but then just added something a little a little bit special. Please sing for us, Jigglypuff. Jiggle. And they've done it for many songs. They did it with Fergalicious, the bit of Wanna Be by the Spice Girls, Nelly Furtado, a bit of Beyonce and Jay-Z, even some K-pop with BTS. (laughs) Like, I mean... I honestly don't know why I find it so funny. So stupid. Yeah, I have been amused by this for a couple, like an hour or two. Literally crying. Tolly, she really is. There are tears in her eyes. It's just so stupid. And the funny thing is, is like, oh my god, this is pathetic. Oh my god, there's a tear running. There is a tear running down her cheek right now. Is is that like it's not even in time with Jigglypuff's mouth? So there's an extra element of this is very obviously not what Jigglypuff is singing, but it's just like. Do you just go, maybe some people have a lot of spare time? Yeah. Always. I mean, Topher Grace definitely has spare time. Oh, my God. I love it. Okay. Now we're going to be serious. Okay. Because Topher Grace, in terms of, like, people editing stuff on the internet, Jigglypuff mm-hmm. singing is kind of hilarious, but it's also, like, the worst case scenario is that takes about, like, what, 30 seconds? Yeah. It's you just add a like, scene, play it over, play, done, d- done, done. Okay, cool. Bit I've of mixing. lived my best life. Boom. Done. Done. Mass produce. Put them out on Twitter. Get some followings. Boom, boom, boom. Topher Grace, on the other hand... <laughs> Has joined the little craze that is editing down the Hobbit movies. So a few fans have done this. Yes. And so Topher Grace has also, and that is right, actor Topher Grace. Yes, from that 70s show. Yes. Carried that show for, what, six years? (laughs) Does he just have a lot of spare time now? Well, apparently. Um, Well, he was in Black Klansman and he said he was quite stressful, so he needed a bit of a break. (laughs) For him, it is editing down... All three films of The Hobbit into a two-hour cut. <laughs> and he said it's like doing woodwork in my garage. It's like he's not that he wants to be a film editor. It's just something that I guess calms him. And I'm not mad at this this phenomenon as such. No. Because of all the many problems that I have, one of them is that if someone tells me a movie is three hours, yep. I can't watch it. No. Like, and obviously we've talked about the fact that I can binge things. So it's not that yeah. like, I can't physically do it. Like, but three hours, it has to be really good. But yeah. And like Ooh. Lord of the Rings, extend versions back in the day, really good. I will still Ooh, sit through those. See, and this is the thing is like, even if you tell me it's really good, mm. I can't do it if you tell me it's three hours. If you don't tell me how long the movie is, 
then I can go in there and watch it and be like, mm. oh, that was long. Or it was like, oh, that was amazing. And it's like, oh, that was three hours. And I was like, oh, it didn't feel like that. But the moment you tell me that it's three hours, I sit there go, well, one, I don't sit there because I think I've learned is I just go, this is going to be long. I'm going to be here forever. Maybe here for three hours. This is like what? Maybe a seventh of my day that I'm going to spend just mm. watching this movie and something happens. So there are a lot of movies that I haven't watched for the reason that someone told me it's going to be longer than three hours. Cloud Atlas. That could be amazing. I don't know. Yeah. The video shop boy told me it was longer than three hours. <laughs> Video shop boy. Wow. Video shop boy. Video shop boy. So all I'm saying is, is maybe Mm. if you could perfect a film as such and actually adequately represent it in a edited down version, maybe this is genius. I think so. Maybe this is something for people like me. Like The Hobbit. It's three films, each about nearly three hours each. Mm-hmm. The That's... book is like what three hundred pages. It is tiny. It like is not you were just a long making book. up content at that stage. Oh, to they, they were like picking out from like his annals and appendixes to fill up the space. Oh, it's probably because they got such good Lord of the Ring money. Well, yeah, but then they were like, "There's so much content here. We have to make it into two movies." Ah, screw it. We'll make it into three. And he's like... Because they were like bank money, bank. And then at the end, Peter Jackson's like, "I'm really sorry, guys." I had no idea what was going on with that final film. We were like, we could tell you had Billy Connolly riding a boar because you had nothing else. You guys got desperate. You guys got real There was desperate. a wheel in the corner of the production room. They were like, this person will do this and Not it to mention the, the, the The fight scene was like longer than the Superman fight scene and they are long. Oh, the Superman fight scene. Isn't that like a third of the movie? Yeah. Wow. It felt like that. So you can, yeah. So you're probably lucky that you've missed out on the Hobbit film. Well, see, maybe I need to check out Topher Grace's edit. But I don't think he's going to put it online. Well, then what's the point of doing it? I don't know. What actually is the point of doing it if you're not going (laughs) to share it with anyone? Because apparently he's done it before. He's done it with the Star Wars. In enough, like the whole of the Star Wars? Um, I don't, well, he says he's like, you know, he did a Star Wars edit, but. Oh, my God. But whether, yeah, I don't think he ever made it online. So apparently he's just doing it and probably just playing it to his mates in his home little, like, home theatre system in his little mansion. Imagine that. (laughs) Wouldn't it be funny if it was actually released online? Oh, my God. And then you had someone who didn't know that that was the edited down version. Mm. And so they just was like, oh, I'm going to download The Hobbit. And then it turns out they actually, instead of downloading the trilogy, just downloaded Topher Grace's edit. It's like, wow, really well summarised. Really enjoyed it. Well, I really hope it's tight. Well, two hours. That's pretty tight. You would think so. Hmm. Could it be tighter? <laughs> <laughs> that then becomes the question. Is Someone will get out there and be like, Tova Gross's Hobbit edit was could too it, long at two hours. Could it be a solid 100-minute film? Oh, no. I was thinking 30 minutes, half an hour. <laughs> In and out. In, out, boom. Bang! <laughs> Oh my god, imagine if movies were only half an hour. Oh god. Then they'd be TV shows. They'd be TV shows and I would not give the cinema my money. Oh yeah. Oh actually that's a really good point. Mm. It is expen- it's getting more expensive. It is. 
And then there was a thing out, I think it was today, mm. that cinemas were concerned that like maybe it's the end of the cinema because everyone's just not going to the cinemas anymore and they're just streaming TVs and movies yeah. at home. But I still feel like cinema has that thing where like, you know, you get that ginormous screen mm. the surround sound. Yeah, the experience. And the experience. Like when you go to like a geek midnight screening yeah, and everyone's so hyped up yeah, and there's that buzz, there's something kind of magical about yeah, that. Yeah, it's the nostalgia and mm. it's like the romanticised way to watch a, fi- watch a film is mm. the idea of doing it en masse with popcorn. Yeah. Maybe a chalk top. Or like, you know, when you experience it with all your friends at the yeah. same time yes. in a cinema while streaming is so personal. Yeah. It's a because solo it's like, kind of individual. <laughs> it's like, I've got the laptop, you got the tablet. Yep. Someone else is on their phone and we're all just like on yep. our screens individually. With the headphones in sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It's not, yeah. Everyone the shared experience. The, shared. the culturally shared experience. It'll make it come back just like vinyl did. <laughs> A resurgence. <laughs> With some hipsters. <laughs> we're going to go to the cinema. We're so happy. <laughs> I actually wouldn't be mad if a drive-in came back. Yeah, they're the, Black- the Blacktown drive-in still is happening in Sydney. Really? Hmm. I think it only happens during the summer. Ah, uh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a car, so <laughs> I'm simultaneously not be bad and then not be able to go. So. Life is a millennial. <laughs> How funny would that be? Do you reckon you could get an Uber to go to the movies? Just like get there and just sit there. Just sit there. Well, I just want the can car you, like, experience. Pause the meter as we enjoy this film together. You, my Uber <laughs> driver. <laughs> let's let's bond right now. I mean, I could rent a car. Mm. Okay, I gave that way too much <laughs> thought than it was actually needed. I know people with cars. I'll just ask them yeah. to go. Let's just go to the drive-thru. Oh, how delightful. <sighs> Shall we leave it at that? <laughs> <laughs> Apologies, we were a bit off our... <laughs> I cried at a Pokemon <laughs> character. You really did. There were tears running down your cheeks. It was quite oh a God, moment. I started again. What is wrong with me? <laughs> Maybe that's the power. Jigglypuff's new power. <laughs> I won't make you fall asleep. I'll just make you cry. I'll bring you to tears. <laughs> God, darling. <gasps> oh, oh. On that magical note. <laughs> yeah, this has been Gaggle of Geeks, the two SER podcast if you like us give us a thumbs up and rate us um and tell all your friends about us and you might hear some more tears from tyler next time <laughs> tears of happiness tissues and help <laughs> join the conversation at 2ser hashtag a gaggle of geeks and yeah you can find us on the twitters and you can annoy blake with all his opinions on mission yes. impossible fallout <laughs> He will very gladly engage in that conversation. I am absolutely sure of it. Absolutely sure. But till next time. Bye. Bye.